everybody, it's Meg again from Plan Hat, and this week I got to talk to Jeff Gardner, the head of customer success at Intercom, and he told me what it was like to be a part of the team from the very beginning to now, building the customer success team, and what customer success and customer support looks like today at Intercom. So take a listen, and I really hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for doing this interview. Perfect. Yeah, no problem whatsoever. Uh, psyched to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, well, so you recently moved to Dublin. Like, we'll definitely get into customer success. But um, how long have you been there now? Um, so I've been in Dublin, I guess, a week and a little bit. Oh my gosh, how is yeah. it? How are you settling in? Uh, settling in, okay. Yeah, starting to get settled in. Uh, my wife is actually from Dublin originally, so uh, I've been back and forth both for family and for Intercom over the last, you know, five and a half years, a lot. So I know Dublin really well, but I guess uh, moving country with two small kids is always a uh, adventure. So. Oh my gosh, yeah, I can imagine. Was the move work related or was your wife like yes it's work related but i definitely would love to go home uh, <laughs> what kind Actually, of motivated she was, the move? Uh, she was the one that was i think most apprehensive about the entire move really? um it was definitely work related you know i've been um you know working with intercom for ages and they've always kind of wanted me to come to an office and i've held off for a very long time and finally decided okay i think you know i'm ready the timing is right the team is getting really really big uh so i think it sense for me to be in Dublin for a little while. Okay, yeah, and um, you never know, you might stay there for... You never know, exactly. <laughs> you never know. Um, but so they are headquartered in Dublin then? Um, well, I suppose our theoretical headquarters is San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, but we've always had, uh, you know, from the very beginning, we had two offices, one in Dublin and one in San Francisco. Uh, all four of the founders of Intercom are from Dublin originally. Yeah. So the Dublin office was always uh, sort of the heart heart of the company, and um, you know the San Francisco office kind of grew up a little bit a little bit later. They're they're about the same size now, but um, you know Dublin is where we have our entire R and D team, mm-hmm. um, big part of the customer support team, uh, big part of the sales team now, and then San Francisco has a lot more sales, lots of marketing, um, and then smaller R and D teams there. Okay, yeah, so it made sense for you to be in Dublin then for now. <laughs> yeah, for now, um, yeah. Well, so what did you do before you came to Intercom? Uh, Before I was working at Intercom, I actually was freelancing for a while. Um, I've kind of bounced around. My career has not been uh, linear by any stretch. (laughs) I have, you know, I spent a few years after I finished university just driving around the western United States in a van uh, climbing. Really? yeah. Oh, that sounds uh, wonderful. That sounds like so much fun. uh, Gas in the tank and food in my belly. So (laughs) it was good for um, but after a bit, you know, I decided I wanted to, to you know, start working, start being a little less nomadic and um, bounced around a little bit. And then uh, my wife and I settled in, in Italy, in northern Italy, and um, was freelancing during that period and knew the knew some of the founders from Intercom and, and our, actually our VP of engineering, Dara Curran, is a good friend of ours. Um, and so when Intercom started, I kind of heard little bits and pieces and then the timing just turned out to be uh, right and I joined them really early. Wow. So you were like almost there from the beginning. Can you give me a little bit more of the history just because I'm so curious now because you've been there for since the beginning, you know, the founders. Um, can you give us some interesting history, maybe like things? That, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, all four of the founders are from Dublin. Um, I joined as the fourth employee. Um, at the time, our CEO, Owen, and uh, I guess the third employee, a girl named Macy Baker, uh, were based in San Francisco, and the rest of the team was based in Dublin, and I was obviously at my house in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were we were kind of a distributed team at that stage, and 
and kind of remained that way. You know, we would add a person or two in Dublin, a person in San Francisco, and um, and I remained remote. And so for a while, it was, uh, I guess, like a ton of early stage startups, just kind of, you know, scrapping our way through and trying to, um, you know, look after customers and add product and design and, and, you know, do a tiny bit of marketing. And I think, you know, for the most part, our marketing, uh, as you probably know, was, was really the blog in the beginning. Yeah. Um, we didn't really do any sort of, uh, any sort of like, uh, demand generation or anything like that other than just writing a lot of blog posts. And I think, you know, in those early days, Des, I think somebody was telling me the other day, he wrote like, 96 of the first 100 posts or something like this. Oh my goodness, wow. <laughs> so uh, we just were putting out content constantly and um, and trying to build build the right product. And I joined as the first customer support person on the team. Uh, and I think it was a, a pretty interesting hire for you know the founders to make that early in the company's history. Yeah. I think a lot of companies will hire support you know, at a much later period or, or try to do kind of all-hands support and have everybody doing support for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But it, it, I think it was a great idea in the end because it, what it did is it bought the rest of the team a lot of focus. Um, it gave them the ability to really, you know, hone in on exactly what they were meant to be doing, and had one person that was, you know, focused 100% on just talking to customers and having relationships with them, and you know, starting to build some of that trust and um, and do both, you know, the reactive stuff when people wrote into us, but also uh, try and do as much proactive outreach as possible as well. Yeah, I mean, well, so you guys realized, I mean, or the founders realized the um, the need for customer success really early on. So, I mean, that's really, that's awesome. And how did you, so you grew the team, you, you know, got to structure the team then. Um, what were your first kind of moves when you created a team and what did you know was important to start doing to build a customer success team at Intercom, um, anything like that? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, uh, full disclosure, this is the first team I've built ever. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, you know, cool. I was kind of bumbling around in the dark, banging into things, as I like to say. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think it it was a very natural process. It was, you know, it gets to the point where there's too many questions coming in for one person to handle. Um, we knew that because we had, you know, offices that were eight hours apart, we already had kind of two thirds of the world covered. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, the second person we added was in, based in Dublin, um, you know, he was, uh, he basically just helped get into the inbox with me and, and answer customers. Um, and we would actually, a couple of times we would send him cause it was very hard for us to hire someone great in San Francisco. We had a couple of miss mishires early on okay. in that regard, but, uh, we would just send Martin over to San Francisco for three months. We're like, Martin, you want to go to San Francisco <laughs> for three months and hang out and do work over there? Uh, and thankfully he was open to that idea. So he would go over, uh, stay for three months, come back to Dublin for a little while, you know, let the visa reset basically, (laughs) and then head back out for a little bit uh, until we made a couple of really great hires in San Francisco. And, um, you know, for a long time, it was just a very small core group of people. Um, You know, I wasn't even officially their manager. uh, And we just slowly kind of figured out our, you know, how we worked, how we wanted to work together. Uh, And then when I did officially take over managing the team, um, it was about the same time that we really had, you know, kind of a hyper growth period and had a, you know, large influx of customers and obviously a large influx of uh, questions that came from those customers. Yeah. And so we ended up adding a lot of people uh, in that year. We went from like five to 15 in one year. Oh, wow. Yeah. And during that year, actually, sorry, it was five to 20. And at about the time we were about 15 people that like autumn, um, I took the whole team away on an offsite 
um, got everybody from around the world, brought them all to one place on the East Coast in America, and uh, and basically just spent the week together. Um, we, you know, cooked meals together and hung out and, you know, watched films and, and worked, uh, like weird hours and, <laughs> and then also spent a ton of the time just trying to decide as a group, okay, what is this team? Like, what are we trying to build here? Yeah. Um, I kind of knew that there was no way I was going to unilaterally be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just really kind of brought all the heads together and said, all right, let's decide what it is we want to build. And, I think serendipitously that that turned out to be a really amazing thing uh, because a lot of those people are still on the team. A lot of those people have grown into managers over time. Um, And so, you know, a large number of the people that are actually managing the, you know, broader frontline customer support team now are people that were in that room uh, and kind of helped us formulate what our initial set of values and things were. Yeah. I mean, you did you know you created a customer success culture really early on and that's that's wonderful um what i mean so what would you say you learned um before then like when it was you know just maybe five people that you would say like people who are just starting to create their own team what advice would you give them for um going through that process and uh is it just kind of you know you have to create your own and find your way in the dark a little bit for a while or what are some things that maybe you could tell people um to to do or look out for or any advice that you have for them yes uh definitely so i would say first and foremost um do the job yourself um make sure you are you know if you're going to be the person that's going to be running a support organization you know you've got to have credibility um you've got to know the job backwards and forwards you've got to know your customers you've got to know your product inside and out and upside you know upside down and i think um you know i spent a long time just talking to our customers you know several years mm-hmm. uh just doing frontline support and i think that gave me um credibility and it gave me the ability also to just know what you know, what I was bringing people into and what I was asking of them. Um, and so it made me, you know, a lot better manager in that, in that sense. Uh, the next huge piece of advice is just how key hiring is. Um, you know, customer support is one of those functions where you end up hiring a lot of people that are, you know, straight out of college or like very early in their careers. Um, and, the tendency can be to kind of shortchange that or just like take any warm body you can just to get somebody in a chair. Um, we never took that approach. We were always exceptionally careful when we wanted to add someone to the team. And like we built a very complex and like, you know, lengthy interview process that was really designed to root out, you know, specific values uh, that we were looking for for the team. Um, And, you know, it served us really well for a long time in the sense that, you know, like I said earlier, we had a few mishires very early on and it's because we hadn't, we didn't have that stuff figured out. Um, And once we kind of got really serious about what our hiring process looked like, um, it was able to carry us for, you know, two years uh, and, you know, before we had to really revamp it solidly. But it allowed us to hire with pretty, you know, high degree of certainty, uh, allowed us to hire really fantastic people that we knew were going to be able to be successful in the role. Yeah. I mean, would you be willing to share any uh, bits of the criteria that you have with us? I'm, I'm curious as to uh, what. Sure. You kinda, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the unfortunate thing is uh, it's, you know, it's not something that's very transferable. I don't think uh, team to team, company to company. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are maybe a few things like uh, being resilient, uh, being able to like handle pressure well and thrive under pressure. Um, those are, you know, values of our team. And I think most support teams need to be able to distribute, you know, display those types of values. But 
Um, they were really focused around how we work at Intercom, how we think at Intercom, um, you know, what our mission is, which is, you know, to make business personal. And then kind of using those values and that mission to frame everything um, and to really dig at people and, and ask questions around, you know, tell me about a time when you noticed something at, at a previous job or in a previous, you know, project in university or whatever, where you thought something was going poorly and, and you had a suggestion on how to fix it. And like, how did you push that through or how did you try to approach that that problem and approach the solution? Um, so you're really looking to ask questions that are going to force people to display the trait in like how they behaved in the past. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, and so if you, you know, talking about uh, thriving under pressure, if you can ask somebody a question that, you know, gets them to tell you a story about a time where they were under tremendous pressure and they did well, uh, you can be pretty sure that, uh, you know, you're going to come out, come away from that kind of knowing like, okay, this person probably can handle this, you know, what we're going to put them in. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. That's, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was curious um, when you mentioned it, but uh, so now that you've, um, uh, you know, obviously built your team and built your structure, uh, how is customer success? Su sorry, how is customer success structured at Intercom? Uh, do you have like a separate support team, a separate um, like management team for the customer success? Like, how do you guys um, do customer success? Sure. So we're actually maybe a little unique and. Uh, and actually, maybe when I say that, I also think um, I think the term customer success is a pretty new one in the industry. Yes. I don't think there's just one definition at this stage. I think a lot of companies do success different to, you know, to different companies. So, you know, I was at, speaking at a, a Gainsight conference last autumn in London or last winter in London and everybody I talked to about this question had a slightly different definition of, you know, what a customer success manager was or, you know, how they did support and how they structured support and sales and, and success all under one roof. Uh, here at Intercom, we have, uh, like I said, a slightly unique setup. Um, we, so I report actually to our VP of sales, um, who kind of umbrellas over both sales and support. Um, and then we have an ops team that sort of sits, uh, sits between the two teams to help both, you know, sales and support and customer success kind of get done what they need to get done. Um, and so we've got a very large customer support team. Um, you know, most of our, m most of my team is customer support. It's a little over 80 people. Mm -hmm. Um, and when we think about like customer success, we really think about it kind of from the, you know, 10,000 foot view, uh, if you will, <laughs> like customer success is not, um, you know, some people would say like it's just the customer success manager and it's trying to get renewals or cross-sell, upsell, or just making sure customers understand how to use your product. Um, I think you have to take a step back and say it, it's everything about the customer journey. So like what's the very first point a customer hears about you? That's also part of customer success. Um, how does a customer transition from maybe seeing a Facebook ad for your product towards your marketing site? And then if they do decide to sign up, you know, they click sign up and then they're dropped into a product. Uh, does that entire experience feel continuous? Um, and that's where I think customer success actually, you know, it's a slight misnomer because there's a ton, you know, half of a company is really about customer success or maybe the entire company is really about customer success. Um, and so we have a very large, you know, customer support team that really deals in reactive stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also got just two people that we call customer success managers, um, and they actually are focused mostly on like onboarding and educating our, you know, largest, most complex customers. Um, so we've got a product education team that's part of our marketing team, and they do a lot of, you know, the kind of broad 
uh, webinars, mm-hmm. uh, documentation, videos, that sort of thing. And then our customer success guys are really just this tiny slice. You know, the top 2% of our customers end up talking to our customer success managers. Um, and they really just go, you know, all in, hands on. Maybe they'll even fly out and like hang out with the customer for a couple of days and just make okay. sure that their entire team knows how to use it. Yeah. Okay. And I like, I think it is unique. You're right. Because, you know, you have the uh, part of the customer success team, like that's doing the webinars and certain trainings and documentations, like they're working under the marketing section. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. And it just speaks to how customer success affects every area of the company and how all of them really need to communicate very well. Um, So what, what is the training process that you put your people through uh, when they first join Intercom? I'm yeah, so we have a very structured uh, way of onboarding people, and mm-hmm. we've gone through, I guess, like four or five iterations of this at this stage, <laughs> but um, you know, we used to just kind of sit someone down next to another person in the team and say, okay, just watch what they do, uh, ask lots of questions, and you'll be fine, uh, and that worked really well for a while, and actually, when you're a really small startup, that's a thing you can definitely expect out of people, mm-hmm. um, but once you get to be a you know fifty or sixty person support team, uh, you really do need to spend some time and like invest some energy into figuring out how to make the process repeatable and straightforward, and not like take another person completely out of their job in order to get someone up to speed. Um, so we use a couple of different tools. One's called WorkRamp, um, and WorkRamp is actually a really great product where you can build kind of curriculums and. Um, and they're very modular. So you kind of get to say, here's a curriculum about a certain part of the product. Um, we want to combine that with another thing and make like a course out of it. And so for our new hires, we have them do quite a lot of stuff in WorkRamp, kind of at their own pace, at their own speed. And then we've got a lot of, um, you know, pair inboxing and product buddies that, you know, are more tenured people on the team that get paired with them so that they, you know, have somebody that's kind of their point person they know they can go to and ask if they've got a question about something. Nice. And what success metrics do you use for measuring your team's success? Sure. So we do have a set of KPIs that we kind of uh, hold ourselves accountable to. Um, And, you know, KPIs, numbers, uh, quantitative measures are obviously only part of the picture in in any team. Um, You know, that value part is as or more important to us than as the numbers are. Um, but the numbers are obviously important and they do give you a good picture into, you know, how people are performing against kind of the baseline job. Um, so we look heavily at things like uh, customer satisfaction. Um, we look, you know, at how many conversations a person can get through. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of different factors kind of uh, can influence that. You know, it's not always a case that the more tenured you get, the more conversations you handle. Um, at a certain point, there's like an inflection and, you start to handle really difficult, complex things that take a lot of time, and so you all of a sudden start handling a lot less. Mm-hmm. Um, but over time, we've gotten a pretty good feel for uh, at different tenure levels and at different job uh, types and titles. Like this is this is sort of what we expect. This is the level, mm-hmm. and so we hold people to those levels. And um, and so we do use KPIs kind of as a way to measure the team uh, on the qualitative or on the quantitative stuff. And then we also have a really cool tool that we built uh, we call Conversation Carousel, and it's basically a QA tool. Um, and it uses our API, pulls a load of conversations into it, um, and every person on the team, whether they're a manager or whether they just started last week, every person rates a certain number of conversations from their peers uh, every week. 
Okay. And so it's a way that we build up a ton of data about, um, you know, very quickly about how people are doing, but it also gets everybody used to both giving and receiving feedback on a really regular basis. Yeah, very cool. Oh, sorry, is there more? <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty much most of it. You know, like I said, like there's the value component. Um, yeah. That's obviously uh, harder, more subjective to measure, but um, it's absolutely, you know, part of what we uh you know, manage based on, um, you know, being able to deliver results is only worth so much if you are, you know, doing it in a way that's completely opposed to what our values are. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, I mean, I could talk to you for probably like a full hour, but like, it's only 20 minutes. So I want to make sure I get in a couple questions. <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> um, I don't want to like have to cut anything off because this is such a great interview. Um, but so what are some of the challenges that you found working um, in customer success? I mean, you've been in it for much longer than kind of the two years that it's really been a term. But um, what have you seen as the biggest challenges so far? I mean, I suppose the challenges are always... Uh are fairly the same. I mean, uh, running a business is fundamentally about customers. Um, you know, without customers, you've got nothing. You can build the best product in the world, but if no one wants it, uh, then it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really serve a purpose. Um, so I think that there is, um, there's kind of some perennial uh, challenges. One is just if if you do have any sort of success, uh, just keeping up with that success is always hard. Um, you, no matter what, will always feel understaffed. You'll always have to find, you know, uh, trick workarounds to things and make sure that your team feels like they're supported and they know, you know, what the product is and how it works so that they can answer customers and feel like they're doing a good job at their jobs. Um, but then secondarily, like, it's hard to build the right stuff, you know, the right product without insight from customers. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're small, that's fairly easy. You know, when the founders are still building the product, it's pretty straightforward for them to just hop on a call with five or six customers and kind of get a, a sense of like directionally, are they heading in the right direction? Mm -hmm. Um, as you get to be a much, you know, or even a mid-sized company or, you know, the stage we're at, we're almost 400 people now, it gets much harder to kind of get that data to the product team in a way that's actually useful to them. And so I think that's kind of a constant challenge of, of any support, success, sales, you know, any customer facing function in a company is how do you take all that information and, and kind of tribal knowledge that you gain by talking to so many customers on a daily basis? And how do you like take that, package it up nicely so that it, you know, makes sense, resonates, is in the form that's useful and actually influences the product in a really beneficial way and makes, makes the product better for the people that are actually using it? Um, so that's that's always a challenge, um, and I think it's one that, you know, we have thankfully like it, it's a, it's something that our founders and then you know our head of product Paul have always been really really supportive of and and you know really hungry for is all of these customer insights uh, that both the support team first came up with and then now it's a much broader you know group of people uh, through marketing and sales and support and success. Yeah, I mean, from what you told me, it sounds like they understood the need for that really early on. So that's awesome. Um, and then really quickly, because uh, <laughs> I, I mean, do you have any advice for customer success professionals listening? Yes. Uh, I think my, my biggest advice is sort of know what it is you're focusing on uh, and be ruthless about prioritizing that. Um, you know, I think because there are so many definitions of success, um, depending company to company and, and kind of culture to culture, it, what you're going to focus on in one company might be completely different to another company. And so 
you really need to know what it is that your success team is focusing on in your current role. Uh, and if, you know, if you move to a new company or that sort of thing, make sure you really understand, um, you know, what it is you're trying to achieve and what, what, what it is you're actually trying to avoid. Um, you know, we try really hard at Intercom at least to say that support and success are non-commercial uh, in the sense that we don't want them handling any sort of conversation that really has to do with selling more stuff or, um, or churn or any of those types of things. Because while they can do a good job at it, um, it's sort of what our sales team is about and our account management team is about. And so we want our support people to feel like they are very product focused and our success people to feel like they're very product focused um, rather than trying to ask too much of everybody and say, okay, you've got to know the product backwards and forwards, but you also need to be trying to sell people. Um, you've got to have, you you know, you're kind of forcing people to have an ulterior motive at that stage. So I think that's, that's like the number one thing. And then the other thing is just, you got to know your product. Um, yeah. You know, too many people try and kind of fake that part but you just can't, um, you know, the worst thing in the world is being called out by a customer who knows more about your product than you do. Uh, so it is a hundred percent worth every ounce of energy you can put into learning everything about your product you can. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, um, Jeff. This was a wonderful, wonderful interview. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this, especially you've only been in Dublin for a week. Um, so no problem. thank you so much. Thanks again so much, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to our channels. You can find us on SoundCloud or iTunes by searching the Customer Success Channel. Uh, you can also find us, you know, by searching Plant Hat. And don't forget to share it with your friends, whoever's interested in customer success. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye.